Welcome to a podcast dedicated to your mental health. I'm Bailey with the Recording Library of West Texas. Hi, I'm Christy Edwards. I'm the Executive Director and a Therapist at Centers for Children and Families. Hi, I'm Melanie Size. I'm the Marketing and Development Director at Centers for Children and Families. Together, we're bringing you tips and tricks on how to navigate this thing called life. This is Center Solutions. Due to the nature of some of the topics that are discussed, listener discretion is advised. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Center Solutions. I am Bailey, and Christy and Melanie are, of course, here also. And today, let's talk about mindfulness. And mindfulness can be a little tricky to explain, but we have brought in an expert to tell us what mindfulness is, what mindfulness looks like. And at the end of this episode, she's actually going to take us through a mindful practice, which is going to be really fun. So I'd like to welcome to the studio Jennifer Whitehead, who is the Stress Management Specialist at Midland Memorial Hospital. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Midland Memorial. Awesome. Well, I am the Stress Management Specialist for the Lifestyle Medicine Center. We have a program called the Ornish Program, and this is where we work with heart patients in a four-element program to help reverse heart disease. And we also are utilizing this now with some other patient um, facilities or patient uh, population through the Lifestyle Medicine Center. So we use stress management techniques like breathing or relaxation meditation to bring about the relaxation response. And so with them, I also run a program called Mindful Classrooms where I go and I get to train the teachers on how to teach mindfulness in the classrooms for them, not only for them, but also for the students to grow and to have a a calmer environment there. And how did you get started um, doing this, Jennifer? Well, about 10 years ago, I had my own anxiety issues, and I ran across yoga, and that was something that I really enjoyed, and I found that there was something missing, so I started to research, and I studied more, and I found meditation and relaxation, and I saw how wonderful it was for myself, and I really started to train in that and all of the different techniques, and I continue to train in those just because it's fun to get away from my husband and train. Right. <laughs> so actually, that's the, like my first encounter with Jennifer was I would take yoga classes where she was teaching. So it's just interesting how life weaves you on back together. Um, we reconnected. Uh, I'm a part of the School Health Advisory Council uh, for MISD. And Jennifer does some mindfulness training with the schools there, and it's been pretty remarkable. Uh, the outcomes have been great. Could you share a little bit about how that affects kids and anxiety? Well, just like adults, kids have emotions as well, and they are learning how to deal with emotions. And I, I find, in my personal opinion, that kids have a, a more heightened emotion because they're learning how to deal with those emotions. They haven't, like, I have a 17-year-old with testosterone issues going on. <laughs> so we're learning how to deal with those. And this gives our children a foundation of learning how to be aware of those emotions, how to use different techniques to relax and soothe the nervous system as they start to uh, arise and happen throughout school. And I love that that's in the schools because, I mean, I'm older, but whenever I was in school, you know, they would say, get yourself together. Hold it. Don't do it. Don't, yes. you know, don't say a word. Suck it up, let it go. Suck it up. Yes. <laughs> and now we're giving kids, you know, permission to utilize these mindfulness techniques to help them get themselves under control, which prepares them for the rest of their lives instead of going, 
suck it up, buttercup, or don't express any emotion. Or mm-hmm. like uh, Christy often mentions, uh, some of the some of the kids' anxiety or just issues they're dealing with often manifest in stomach aches. Yes. So I think that has a lot to do with what we always talk about, the mind-to-body connection. Mm-hmm. And if you hold in a lot of, of those uh, stresses, mm-hmm. then you start to experience real health issues. Mm-hmm. Physical symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into this. Melanie, start us off with what is the definition of mindfulness? I feel like we need like some background music. But <laughs> oh, I have some background <laughs> to play music. Mindfulness means maintaining a moment-by-moment awareness of our thoughts, feelings, bodily sensations, surrounding environment through gentle, nurturing lives. Uh, That is a definition that I thought was pretty Mm -hmm. all-encompassing. It's very much about being in the present, which I think is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, The practice itself has been popularized by John Kabat-Zinn, in his mindfulness-based stress reduction program, which he launched at the University of Massachusetts Medical School in 1979. Uh, Since that time, a lot of organizations, including schools, prisons, hospitals, veteran centers, many, many others, have implemented these programs for stress management. Um, One of the cool things I heard him say when I was researching a little bit, it was a conversation with the wonderful, amazing Oprah Winfrey, uh, he defined mindfulness as the gateway into the full dimensionality of being human, of being alive. It's a powerful statement. I yes. think so. Definitely. Can you break that down for us, Jennifer? What does that mean? Well, my opinion, because I can't read his mind, but in my opinion, it means that so much in life, we're staying in the past. We're thinking of the past memories or we're staying in the future of what's to come. And so we're not really in our lives. Our lives pass us by. There's There's been so many times, even me as a mother, uh, being stressed out and my kids are outside playing and having a good time. And I don't even notice. And time has gone by because I'm in my mind. I was there in the moment, but I wasn't actually in the moment. So this is basically taking yourself out of your mind and being in your body and being the witness to it all. And that's a big thing. We use this in mindfulness is being the witness or the observer to your own experience. It's like being in a tornado. If you're in the middle of a tornado, it's kind of hard to see what's going around you. But if you can step yourself kind of in the eye of the storm, you can really get a better perspective of everything that's going around. And almost like it slows life down. You can you can make better decisions and see things better because you're not worried about what happened and what's not going to happen. And you find that life is so beautiful when you can experience the challenges, the ups, the downs, all of those. That's Those are beautiful experiences when we can step out of the emotional chaos of those. That's such a great analogy because I feel like I'm a lot in the tornado. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, I'm picturing I'm like out. Wizard of Oz, the <laughs> yes. Wizard of Oz yes. scene. Right? Yes. Wizard of Oz. Yes. Uh, and I think, you know, to, to very much minimalize what, you know, is not minimalize, but I don't know, maybe explain it in my terms. Summarize. Huh? Summarize. <laughs> what I'm looking like. You can even you can even say, like, if you're at the park with your children, and sometimes you come back and you go, my gosh, what a great day. The flowers were pretty. The sun was shining. The birds were chirping. I just felt, you know, I felt more alive. You were experiencing mindfulness without even taking yourself there, right? So it can happen without any degree of, of you having to take charge of that. Or if you're in a restaurant and you're aware of the smells of the food, yes. the texture, the sounds around you, the person that you're with, 
It is being in that moment and using all of your senses to feel alive. Absolutely. How many times have you gone to a store and not even notice the person that checked you oh. out, right? Mm-hmm. What All color the shirt were they wearing? Mm-hmm. What was the music playing? What did you, oh, I we know. don't pay I would attention. I the worst witness in a crime <laughs> Me too. I, would like, I think I there was a person there. Was I it. think one thing that always makes me feel like proud of myself or family, whatever, when we're at a gathering or with friends is when we forget to take photos. Because mm-hmm. I feel like so many times we are caught behind the lens of our camera and trying to capture every moment. So I feel like the best moments ever are the ones that we don't record. And Absolutely. that's probably why. you're living it. Yeah. Experiencing. Or like if you go to a concert and you you realized you filmed most of it, do you ever watch those? I don't. No, when people I do feel, that in front of you. Yeah, I feel like I might record part of it. I don't really go back and watch those videos. You might as well just watch it on TV if you're going to yeah. watch it through that's your camera. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So let's kind of talk more about mental health connection and mindfulness. We've got about seven facts here, and I'll read some of them. And then Christy and Jennifer, if you guys just kind of want to discuss that and how important that is for mental health. Cultivating non-judgmental awareness. What does that mean, Christy? Okay, so basically it's being aware without letting any other thought in. It is, I see this i'm experiencing experiencing this it and i'm not bringing anything from the past anything in my mind any you know biases or anything like that i'm not worried about anything in the future it's non-judgmental it is here it is now and i'm i'm experiencing this so That's my take you're Jen. consciously trying to make sure those thoughts are, are positive right okay I wouldn't even say necessarily having to be positive, but just being aware of them without analyzing or ruminating okay. on on those thoughts, just witnessing them. And that's a big word you'll hear in mindfulness is the witnessing of the okay. event of the thoughts or the emotion. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not judging. We're so busy judging we ourselves. So, mm-hmm. and that's what a, true. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what about patience? Let's talk about the importance of patience with mindfulness, Jennifer. If you want to start with that. Well, I'll just give you all an example of patience and where we can find moments to find it. It's a simple one. Today, coming here, I had to go to the restroom. So I went there and it has the automatic button and I press it and it was the slowest thing ever. And I go, oh my gosh, you got to hurry up. And then I stop and I go, wow, you're about to give a talk on mindfulness and you're over here rushing a door. And then I thought, well, where do I really have to be? And 10 extra seconds that it takes this door to open. Mm -hmm. So finding the wisdom of, of course, when I left, I was very patient with that door. I was like, I'm going to wait for you. (laughs) But just finding the patience with with many things, whether it's driving and and noticing that there's a reason maybe someone's slowing you down, whether there's an Mm -hmm. accident ahead and 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 being mindful that there's a reason why you were slowed down. Maybe you're not supposed to be in that accident, but finding that there's a sense of peace because when we're rushing, we're kind of in the future. Got to go, got to go, got to go, right? So this is just stepping back and finding that, I guess, internal wisdom as things flow as they flow. And whether you hurry in your mind or not, the events are going to pull, way, pull out or go out the way that they're meant to be. Well, right? I think in our world today, we talk about this a lot, how social media and our phones and things of that nature have influenced how things have changed. I think patience is absolutely oh, one of yeah. them. Oh, yeah. So I love that there's a practice that we can uh, find uh, and learn about, which I'm really excited about going deeper into that for my own purposes, because I know 
the impatience is real. Mm-hmm. Yo, it is no joke. Mm-hmm. I mean, because just wherever I'm at, I feel like there it's it's hard just to be. It's hard not to have that urge to, okay, I'm waiting in line. Let me check my email. Let me check. Blah, blah, blah. Let me text so-and-so. So you're never really not doing something. It's constant. Well, I think we talked a little bit about, you know, Melanie said that she wouldn't be a good witness. If you're in line at the grocery store, if you don't get out your phone, and if you notice the person who's checking you out or the person in front of you and you have a conversation, that that can be a simple mindfulness. It's not like you're going too deep, but you're aware this is a person. They've had a good or the, a bad day or this checker's checked. I'm oh, looking at the line and you read his or her name and you speak her name and say, hey, how's your day going or something like that. And that is being present in the moment and including them in your mindfulness. And you never know what difference you're going to make. I find when I go to the store, I don't know if people just like to to talk to me. But when I, I do the same thing, I always try to look at their name tag, mm-hmm. call them by their name, ask mm-hmm. them how their day is. And sometimes they might be having a horrible day. Mm-hmm. And by simply asking them how their day was, mm-hmm. it brings a sense of peace to them. And they kind of got to get it off their chest, you know, and then they have a, a great rest of the day. So you never know the difference you can mm-hmm. make when you put our when you put yeah. your phone down and engage in the world around you. Exactly. I do try to do that when I'm around people because I think there is a lack of human connection mm-hmm. and it's important to at least acknowledge the person and not we're not all like in an assembly line mm-hmm. like, just robots. Mm-hmm. like robots yeah. but uh, it, sometimes I think it's easier to do that even just in this is sad to say but with strangers mm-hmm. and then your kid like I'm in the car and I'm thinking about something or on the phone picking my kid up from carpool and then I'll realize oh Bye. <laughs> you know, and then yeah. I feel like, wow, I, I had an opportunity for a conversation, but instead yeah. I thought, let me squeeze in this one work mm-hmm. call or whatever, because mm-hmm. we're trying to put too many things into our days. Mm-hmm. Can I bring up a bigger issue of that, of the being on the phone in public, um, is that children aren't learning how important eye contact is. I have a neighbor kid. We've lived there for three years and I walk my daughter to school every morning and I see him and and I'll look at him go, good morning. And he looks down really fast. Like it's uncomfortable to make eye contact with me. And I'm not even a stranger. I'm a neighbor. And I've noticed this with a lot of kids is they have a hard time looking at you and saying hello. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that this is a, a great practice. Mindfulness is a great practice of learning that ability of honestly being confident with yourself and engaging socially, not social media, but socially. I agree with you. I agree. Whenever you go into the schools to teach mindfulness, what are some of the things, can you give us some examples of the things that you do? Of the techniques? Yes. So some of the, the most important one is going to be your breath. People don't realize how, you know, when you think about you want to change your lifestyle, everyone wants to first change their diet. Mm -hmm. But when you think about life, you can go, what, three weeks without food? Mm -hmm. Water? three days, breath, three minutes. (laughs) And our breath is linked to our nervous system, right? So if our breath is in the clavicular or in the chest area, you're, you're the, and in the lungs, the sympathetic nervous system is really connected to that upper portion of the lung. So if you're constantly breathing in this upper portion, your nervous system is probably going to be firing off in that fight or flight more often than not. So when we learn, when the children, the teachers, we teach them how to breathe deeper into the lower portion of the lungs, it really stimulates more of this parasympathetic nervous system or that rest and digest. So we're learning with just our breathing how to soothe the nervous system. And I'm sure you guys are familiar with that polyvagal theory has a lot of those techniques in it that are 
so beautiful and mm-hmm. fascinated by it. Um, I'm going to study that one soon. Yeah. And uh, what, what is that? The polyvagal theory. Uh-huh. So that's going into your cranial nerves and, and using different techniques in order to soothe the, the nervous system. I'm sure you can probably it, speak on that. It, it is a modality that they're you know bringing more into the therapy world. Uh-huh. I'm not aware that anybody in this area is utilizing it. Oh, and no. if you know of anybody, let me know. But I mean, I, I just think most people don't know about it, but it makes such great sense because it's all connected. Because you're, what is it? The social behavior is connected to five of the, is it 10 cranial nerves? Um, and so by stimulating and soothing those certain five cranial nerves that are involved in your social behavior, it, it helps to socially engage. And they're saying that by socially engaging actually helps with a lot of these um, issues. Mm-hmm. So just a beautiful. Yeah, that thing. makes complete sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for those of us regular folks. <laughs> right. <laughs> your breathing affects your brain. <laughs> there you go. Yes, and everything yes. is connected to the brain. Right. Yes. <laughs> and. And you go from there. And our slogan, if you take care of your body, your mind will follow, there right? We say that so all the time. Yeah. You know, so, my husband being a chiropractor, um, he, he'll he treat people who have emotional issues. And, you know, especially in the hips is usually a lot that likes to hide out in there. Mm-hmm. And he'll adjust you and, and do muscle work. But if the emotional issue isn't isn't dealt with, you're just going to go right back to that tight body, that painful body. When we were talking earlier about illnesses really yes. are mm-hmm. linked to our emotional body. It really is true how much diseases that can develop just by high amounts of stress or mm-hmm. emotional tension. And can that kind of go into trusting ourselves to start being mindful? Can you talk more about that? How do you how do you begin to trust yourself? Um, I think it's a gradual process depending on the person. Um, but it's really just continually to just, um, I always say like, I got this. I, uh, I do a lot of affirmations are powerful for me in my practice. And what I teach a lot of the students is just by repeating, I am strong. I am powerful. Um, it can create so much of those, the brain to fire off and to start to retrain the brain to think in that way. And the more that we can start to think in that positive way, the more we start to grow into trusting ourselves and who we are. So can you recalibrate your mind? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's called it's a neuroplasticity. Muscle. Yeah. Yes. I it's think it's interesting. Um, some of what I read that kind of resonated with me is your breath is something you have to have faith in because if we didn't or if we relied on ourselves to remember to breathe, we would die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. We do it involuntarily. We do it involuntarily. Now we can control it and it makes a difference in how we feel and stopping. Uh, I know we've talked about this before, but our Apple watches that remind us to stop and breathe. Mm -hmm. It's kind of sad that somebody thought that would be a good idea. (laughs) And it works. But it, but it does. It's it's important. And and breathing is important, too, because you think about the amount of oxygen you're getting to every vital organ, every muscle, every bone needs oxygen. So the better that we can learn to breathe on a daily basis and be conscious of it, the better that all the functions of our body, all the systems of the body are going to work. Mm-hmm. And who doesn't want a better working body? Oh, me too. I do. I do. <laughs> and yeah. and I, I think also the trust is, once again, if you're retraining your brain, if you're you know, breathing, learning the techniques, the deep breathing from, you know, the, the diaphragm. And I'm not trying to step on your toes with all that. You got it. <laughs> but if if you learn that and pretty soon your body and your mind take over and you don't, at some point you're going to realize you're doing it and then you can start to trust that. Mm-hmm. So, and you want it to all fall in line. 
I'm doing these things, which make me do these things, which make me do these things, which make me do these things. And at some point, you're, uh, the awareness or the mindfulness is happening without you having hmm. to force it. Yeah. Jennifer, you've been doing this for so long. Do you feel that way now? Have you reached that point in your life where mindfulness is almost just involuntary for you? I don't think it's ever involuntary because life is always ever changing, but I am absolutely aware of when my emotions start to go. If I'm feeling a little anxious, I'm absolutely aware if my breath has turned into that chest, that upper chest breathing. Mm -hmm. So it just gives you, um, you kind of tune into it a little bit more often than not. And then once you can, you have the awareness, then you can go, okay, why am I feeling this way? Relax, breathe you know, ground myself down and use whatever technique you found that works best for you because mm -hmm. everyone works best in different ways. Mm -hmm. And let's talk a little bit about the power of letting go. How do we begin to start letting things go? This is mine. You this go, is girl. Oh, you go. Um, well, no, I don't know the answer. <laughs> I don't know the answer. <laughs> I wouldn't share your answer. No, it's just, I, I feel this. I understand it. It's hard. It's hard for me. I, I think this is just huge on so many levels, even just, mm -hmm. so I've talked to Jennifer about this. When I do yoga, what's, um, this, it's the closest thing to medicate, med not medication, medication <laughs> that I've ever come to because I have a hard time with being quiet, letting my thoughts go. I feel like my mm -hmm. mind is racing. I cannot get control of it. I start thinking of all the things I have to do. Yoga for me is helpful because I'm, there's constant movement. Mm -hmm. But still, I, I realize and recognize for myself that this is a problem. I mean, and it's, it's all kinds of different levels. It's the fixations and attachments that are mentioned. It's letting go and realizing that things are going to be okay. And finding a way to, to just let yourself experience. Meditation, even. It's mm -hmm. very, very hard for me. Anything that you're trying to do with intention is hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like if you have a prayer life or if you have, you know, if you're trying to eat healthier, anything with that intention is, is hard because you cognitively have to keep telling yourself this, go back to where, what you're trying to do, right? And so we had a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about hard, how hard it was to let go, you know, and how to become, un, how to unstuck yourself. Right. You remember that. So that is one of the hardest things that I think we can do, and it's because we don't allow ourselves time to do those things. If you have five minutes, you're like, what can I do? What, how, you know, can I fold clothes? Can I pick up something? Because, you know, time is at a premium for us. Mm -hmm. And we have to make sure that our well-being becomes as important to us. Absolutely. Um, that's the biggest thing I see with our heart patients is with the stress management, I don't have time for it. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to make time for your health because your mm -hmm. health is your wealth, right? Okay. You can't be 100% and do what you need to do if you're not feeling well. Mm -hmm. But letting go is one of, the, and I think with our society now, it's so much harder to let go with social media. Mm -hmm. If you have someone that's hurt you, it's, and usually you could just walk away and then out of sight, out of mind, it would kind of fade. But now we have social media and that, that want to go and look at their profile or look at this and do that can really start to feed into the process of holding on. And then it just festers more and more or whatever you're really trying to let go of. But you know, you have to find that discipline. And really, it is a big discipline of just saying, no, I'm putting a boundary for myself mm -hmm. to not allow this to take over my life, whatever it is, whether it's anxiety. Um, of course, you need professional help if there's some serious issues going on. 
Um, that's why centers is wonderfully here. Um, but letting go is really, even with, with meditation, me and Melanie had this conversation about, she goes, Oh, I just, I'm not very good at it. Well, who's good at meditating really? Um, and I found that I used to get really angry at first too, until um, I got officially trained and they said, Oh, by the way, your mind is going to think it's going to go on rabbit hunts all the time or squirrel hunts all the time. And it's the process of going, Oh, I'm thinking, let it go without Mm -hmm. judging or saying, I'm not good at it, or I can't do this. It's just watching it. And now I have found that my um, subtitles in my brain are very hilarious. And so sometimes when my brain goes on something else, I go, oh, we're going to go here again. And I just giggle and then let it go. And so you find with, for me, the humor of letting it go. Because even this morning, I did a meditation. And where did I go? Oh, I'm one of my partners. I'm like, what am I going to tell Jessica today? What am I going to do this? And it was like, come back, mm-hmm. hone it back in. Mm-hmm. But the more that we, 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 we practice just saying, okay, not right now, let that go. Then the easier it becomes and the less we start to fixate on different things in our lives. Yeah, and I love that she mentioned that because I can kind of picture it. Because mm-hmm. it, and it gave me a little bit of, okay, I'm, there's, it's just normal because I mm-hmm. feel like what's wrong with me? I can't just get a blank, like a blank space in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, Internet Explorer with a lot of tabs open, oh, yes. and, and, you know, not even yes. Google Chrome, Internet Explorer. <laughs> now what? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, about. a lot of people have that centering, uh, you know, that they have to do is like to bring it back, like you mm-hmm. were saying, you know, and there's all kinds of words that you can use or grounding techniques or whatever. I think you just have to work until you find either many things that work for you or the one thing that works for you. So yeah, absolutely, it's, it's trial and error. I use multiple techniques mm-hmm. every day, just depending on what it is I'm mm-hmm. doing, how much time I have, and what I feel like. I love the humor because it is basically your your brain is telling your brain, this is hard. We recognize this is hard. Mm-hmm. Come on back. Let's get focused again. Mm-hmm. And our mind is really funny. When we sit, when you step back and watch how your mind, how rapid it is, it's like, mm-hmm. like squirrel hunt, squirrel <laughs> hunt, squirrel hunt, squirrel hunt. Yep. And it's like, really? Okay. And when you can step back and watch that movie, it's almost like you're watching someone else's chaotic life. And it's kind of funny. It's like a reality show, but it's your own reality <laughs> show. Well, because sometimes at night when I'm sitting there and I'll just, you know, my brain will be going and then I'll just say something to my husband. And he'll go, I only got part of that <laughs> <laughs> because you said this and I have no idea. And, I'll, and so then I'll have to back up in my mind. And oh, go, no, I do that. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. I got to catch you up on the I'm rest of the story. Yeah. What? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to explain any of that. <laughs> Nothing came out. <laughs> You're like, we were having our own conversation. That's exactly sorry, you right. got half of it. <laughs> well, I know that I'm ready for the mindfulness practice. Are you guys ready to do that? We're ready. I think we're ready to do this very helpful mindfulness practice. Are you ready? We're ready. Just relax. That didn't work. No. Okay. 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 We'll get to it. That's it. That's it. Thank you. (laughs) What is it that every man likes to say? Just calm down. Down. Yeah. Mm. And what does that do? That yeah. never worked. No. Never y'all never y'all are going to make me cuss on air. <laughs> <laughs> so you give them the eyebrow, it goes up. Yeah. All right. So first, you really want to find your feet on the ground. It's always very important to find something that you can feel. Again, we're trying to engage all five senses. That's the biggest thing about mindfulness is engaging the five senses. So feeling your feet touching the floor is very important. And then sitting up nice and tall so we can get all of that oxygen properly to our body and through the spine and the lungs. And if you feel comfortable and if you feel safe, close your eyes. If this makes you feel uncomfortable, allow the eyes to open 
at a downward gaze about six feet in front of you. Allow the eyes to soften. And if the eyes are closed, focus on the center spot between your eyebrows. Again, allowing the eyes to soften in the eye sockets. Begin to just take a deep breath, feeling the belly expand as you breathe in. And fully exhaling the lungs empty. Again, take that deep inhale through the nose. Belly expands. And slowly exhale, lungs empty. Allow the breath to return to a natural and normal breath. Bring your awareness to your body. Feel the outer edges of your body. Noticing the sensation of the clothing touching the skin. Maybe noticing the breeze in the room and the sensation that arises. And as you relax the breath with each exhale, notice on the inhale how the body expands out. And on the exhale, the body surrenders. On the next inhale, as you expand out, notice any areas of tension. And as you exhale, surrender. As the body begins to relax and settle, bring your awareness now to your ears, allowing the ear canals to open, allowing the sounds in the room to enter without forcing. Simply allow them. Noticing the sounds brings you into the present moment without analyzing or ruminating, simply listen. Maybe noticing any smells in the room. Continue to just breathe slowly, gently. And if any thoughts may arise, Simply witness them. Watching the thoughts as they arise, like a movie. Can you step back and be the witness to the mind, the silent observer? And as you allow the mind to do as what the mind does, continue to feel the awareness of the body. Is there tension creeping in? Can it relax? And now we'll bring our awareness to our heart, to our emotions. Noticing how you feel in this moment. Without judging or analyzing, just notice. And just like the waves of the ocean, allowing the emotion to flow in and out. And we'll begin to deepen our breath one more time, feeling the belly expand, feeling the belly fall. 
And on the next inhalation, allow the eyes to open halfway. Again, noticing the room, noticing the sensations, the breath. And the eyes can come open fully. So that was what we call um, a centering. So it's something that you can do. It's only a few minutes long. Uh, it's a wonderful way to start your day of just tuning into the physical body, tuning into the breath and the emotions, as well as the mind, kind of seeing where you are in that moment. And it really does set the tone for the day. Thank you. That was great. Yeah, that was oh, great. I'm very sleepy now. Me too. No. <laughs> I'm so glad we had this recorded because I'm definitely going to replay and use it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, everyone can, right? Yeah, they can absolutely. replay this. Mm -hmm. many I'm thinking times with kids that, you know, like have anger issues mm -hmm. or, you know, with, with some fidget issues, ADD, ADHD, whatever it is, if they are trained in how to do this and a teacher or somebody recognizes that all they need is the space and the time to do it, so much better than telling themselves to get, get yourself under control. Oh, absolutely. Right. It's absolutely. an important tool. And as we've talked about this before, we've talked to first responders that we know that utilize breathing as a practice to keep themselves calm in, mm -hmm. in case of a crisis. So it's part mm -hmm. of crisis management. It's not um, necessarily all connected to yoga. It is breathing. It's part of our existence, part of our physical health, mm -hmm. and it's part of our coping mechanisms mm -hmm. if really we let is. it be. It really is. In a lot of languages, if you if you look at what breath represents, it actually has a definition of life. Uh, English, it's breath. But um, in a lot of other languages, it represents life. Because without breath, we have, we wouldn't be here, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine a world where mindfulness and mental health were a priority every day. Like at work, what if, what if you had like 15 minutes of just breathing that you could go do? I, I think that that would be amazing, actually. I agree. Look how we all feel right yeah. now. Mm -hmm. I mean, relaxed. You know, that's a, a really good point when you're saying imagine a world this way. And I think that we're we're starting to realize how important mental health is mm -hmm. when we're seeing so much, in, you know, chaos in, in our communities lately um, that we need this. Our children need this. Oh. They're in a, a more high tech world than we, we could ever imagine. I didn't have this much at my fingertips and I'm only 35 years old. Right. You know, um, I had, I had the black and green screens when I was growing <laughs> up for computers, you know, the dial up, yes. you wait forever. Yes. Um, but it's so important to teach our children this. But what we started doing at the Lifestyle Medicine Center, when we hold our meetings, we lead a centering before we even start our meetings because we have nurses and doctors and that's a very sh high stress life and you're they're always giving and giving. So to have those moments to before a meeting, which is already meetings, you guys know how they can be, mm -hmm. right? So we, we just allow ourselves to center in and also just become one and really open our hearts up so that when we have this meeting, everyone's kind of relaxed and on the same page. It's disarming in a good way. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. it helps everybody to see a positive, you know, point of view and direction. And let so. what happened earlier go. A lot of times we bring what happened to us earlier into the next situation yes. mm -hmm. and the next person gets the brunt of it, right? So this is allowing us to let all that go so that we're not putting all of our own drama onto other people and creating mm -hmm. trauma within them. You know, we can really own and, and deal with it ourselves before it turns into a body issue. Mm-hmm. 
And I can't picture a more stressful environment than a hospital. So (laughs) if it'll work for a hospital environment, it'll definitely work for you too. So Jennifer, I want to thank you for joining us in the studio and giving us that actual hands-on experience. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was fun. If you would like to get in touch with Jennifer, she and her husband own Live Pure Chiropractic in Midland on Andrews Highway, or you can email her at jen underscore loreen at yahoo.com. That's J-E-N underscore L-O-R-E-N-E at yahoo.com. Center Solutions is a production of the Recording Library of West Texas. Post-production work is done by Bailey Hennis and Abby Wiggum. Content is provided by Melanie Size and Christy Edwards. Contact Centers for Children and Families at 432-570-1084 or the Recording Library, 432-682-2731. Email Melanie with questions you want answered on the show at msize at centerstexas.org. That's M-S-A-I-Z at C-E-N-T-E-R-S-T-X dot O-R-G. Both nonprofits are on all social media platforms. See you next time.